All right, welcome. As we continue to press on in our Vineyard Voyage, this is Vineyard 301 that we're going to look at um, today. And so when we started our discussions um, on what it looks like and what we're trying to do here as a church and what that means, um, I said one of the things that we try and do is we, we sort of made a, an acronym called FOUND and uh, Fostering Outward, Upward, Natural Disciples. And, and so we, we sort of work within that framework. And, and so we have sort of um, ways to evaluate how we're doing. And, and so the sort of what we look at is, is uh, you know, are people, have they been found by Jesus? And that's where we started. That's Vineyard 101 encompasses that really. We talked about salvation and baptism and the importance of those things. And then in Vineyard 201, we sort of call that found a friend. And we talk about um, communion, the importance of communion, the importance of fellowship and what that looks like in, in community and belonging and how important that is as part of the church. And then the next thing that we talk about as we're moving along on this sort of process is that we um, we call it um, in this Vineyard 301, found a job, that, that we find a way to serve and connect in, in, in the church. That That's an important part of what we do, that, that uh, as you're sort of processing along, you should sort of, you know, you come to know Jesus and it's important that you get baptized and those are big things that have to happen. And then, you know, you partake of communion, you understand the importance of that and what that means. And then you're engaging in fellowship, which, you know, and those of you that are here, obviously you're getting used to that. We, we come and we eat and we, we hang out and we get together and we have lots of different ways to fellowship, not only on the weekends and during all the different groups that we have during the week. And we have affinity groups that we run and there's lots of ways to connect and fellowship, and that should be a part of your life, getting together with other believers and um, encouraging one another in the process. Well, then, then from that comes this idea of sort of um, finding a place to serve, because that should spring out of um, being a believer and what that looks like. And so that's what we're sort of talking about today uh, in this little time together, the, the idea of serving in ministry and how they sort of uh, tie together and what that looks like. And so, you know, Scripture tells us that, that we should be, all of us as believers, engaged in serving the Lord. Luke 4, 8, Jesus said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so we're, we're, we're in our whole calling is this idea of serving the Lord um, we, we see it modeled for us in Jesus, uh, and so we look at, at Jesus, and, and uh, God's intention is to make us more like, more like Jesus, Romans 8:29. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. So, so we're to be coming in this walk as we grow and mature more like Jesus. And when we look at the life of Jesus, you absolutely see that, that He led the, the life of a servant. He, he demonstrated what it looked like to be a servant. It, his entire life was was based on serving God. His, his teaching and his healing, proclaiming the kingdom, the way he related to people, the way he saw people that other people missed. All those things were were such a part of who Jesus was. I, I mentioned that last part because it's one of my favorite things. And when I read the the Gospels, is is looking at how Jesus is connecting with people that the crowd passes by, but not Jesus. He sees them all. See, that's got that servant's heart. Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Um, we also know that he came to serve and, and not to be served. Matthew 20.28, 20, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so he, he says these things and he demonstrates these things. 
and, and at the Last Supper, certainly another great picture of um, Jesus serving and trying to teach his disciples on this, this last sort of time that we would have together before the cross and what that would mean. Um, this, this final teaching of the importance of serving one another. I love this account, so let's read it. John 13, beginning at verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And, and so the whole point behind that was once you, once you get this understanding that, that uh, in the kingdom we're called to serve uh, and, and that when we walk that out, there's blessings that, that we, um, we find in this life because of that. That we, you know, it's, I say this all the time, it's important for us to get out of the center of the story. That we have a tendency to make ourselves the center of the story and we're not the center of the story. Jesus is the center of the story. But really, that's our daily struggle is, is remembering that and living in a way that, that we understand this is his story. He's the center. That, that we find life when we get that. That, that any time that we get ourselves in the center, there's no life to be found because everything uh, becomes about us and us being in control and all those things. There's no life there. But when Jesus is the center of the story, he's the noun of the story, and we're living as adjectives describing him, that's where we find and experience life. And so, so the heart of Jesus is to serve, and he wants us to be um, like him. We also can't separate the idea of, of serving um, from love. It has to be motivated in love. And so um, if, if people begin just to go through the motions of being a servant and there's no love in there, it becomes something else entirely, and we're, we're missing the point of what we're called to. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels... But have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. So in, in those verses we see, you know, it's, it's clear. Unless our service and our willingness to serve is rooted in love, it's meaningless. Uh, serving out of a, a sense of obligation or duty apart from the love of God is not what he desires. Uh, and, and so really the, the whole idea, it, it's, a, it's a sort of a natural love-filled response to him who loved us first. That's what, that's what this whole idea looks like. And um, we, we want to always make sure that, that the things that we're doing for the Lord, we're doing them because we love him. And, and we're, we're operating out of that place. Uh, that's, that's why it's also important that um, it comes from a heart uh, and, and that people aren't... Uh, we, we, we try very carefully here, carefully here to never make people feel guilted into doing something or manipulated into doing something. That we always want them to um, be able to step into the... Um, places to serve where, where God is leading them and calling them and where they understand they need to serve so that they can maintain that sort of place of coming at it from um, love. It, once it's not a love thing anymore, it's, it's just not worth doing. And, and so um, 
we need to be aware of that. First John 4, 9 through 11. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but rather that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So, so again, we're, we're getting into this idea that the, the, um, the, the way that we serve God is understanding that, that it's his love that motivates it and um, that it comes out of that relationship with God. It's just sort of a natural byproduct. It, it just flows out of relationship with God, this desire then to serve. And Paul is like a, a great example of what happens to someone who... Um, in relationship to to God, really is changed. Remember, before before Paul comes to know Jesus, he's he's out there persecuting uh, Christians and the church, and then he has this incredible incredible encounter with God on the Damascus Road, and um, and then he's changed completely, and he lives his life from that point on really in service to um, God by spreading the gospel. Acts 9.20, it says that at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. He was uh, so radically changed from this relationship that he began to follow through on, on what God had called him to, which is to um, to go, and, and Paul's way of serving was really to go and um, plant churches all over the world at that time and to preach the gospel. Um, he talks about his own transformation in 1 Timothy 1. 12 through 14, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. And even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out of me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So you see the picture. He he understands what's happened to him uh, in his relationship with Jesus, how he's been changed and how God, you know, um, considered him faithful and appointed him to his service, which is ultimately what he does with all of us. He's got uh, all of us have um, been prepared for things in advance that God wants us to do. And, and so in Paul, we see him as he becomes aware of the grace and love of God. He steps into the, uh, the calling that God has given him. And, and, you know, he's then giving away that which he's received. He's giving away the love and the grace of God to those people that he encounters. And so... Um, this idea of of serving comes from that, and and so we're always looking. And we should be looking for opportunities to serve, um, looking for what God has called us to, and then stepping into those places, and and um, because that ultimately blesses us. Now, the idea of serving sort of rolls right into the idea of what ministry is all about, and and we use that word ministry for for lots of different things, but it's actually. Um, from a Greek word, diakono, which means to serve. And, um, and so in the New Testament, ministry then is seen as service to God and to other people in the name of Jesus. And, and again, modeled for us in, in uh, Jesus and what, he, what he's done and what he demonstrated, um, but encourages us then to press in to the idea of, of ministry, which is um, just, like I said, another type of service. So... Uh, all the ways that we, we sort of come and understand that we need to serve God, we can count those things as ministry. Matthew twenty twenty six. 26. Uh, again, is that not so with you? Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Colossians four twelve. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Jesus Christ, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature 
and fully assured. So there's this picture of ministry then and serving God. Um, here's a type of, of prayer um, ministry where we're, we're called to be praying for one another and praying for the saints and praying to be encouraged. And that's certainly something all of us should be involved in. And um, we look at ministry as, as then not only in, in the, the idea of serving the Lord, but also in serving others in the process. And, and so ministry then takes on a lot of different sort of dynamic at that point, because we're to minister to believers. We're also minister to unbelievers. Uh, you know, ministry might look different, but um, we're certainly to love both groups of people um, with, with all the love that God gives us and look how we can um, help people in lots of different ways. So, um, you know, the, the idea is that, uh, that you can reach people when you, um, with the gospel, when you're helping them in other areas of their life. That's part of ministry. So, so when we come alongside people and bless them in different ways, often that will give us an opportunity to share the gospel with them. And, and so we're, we're sort of um, looking for opportunities to ultimately do that. We, you know, we, we, we certainly want to do good things for people, but, but underneath it is this desire that we know that the very best thing is for them to know Jesus. That's the very best thing that we have. We're, we're good news people. You know, Christianity is good news. It's, it's really what Christianity is. Sometimes people, when they start trying to define Christianity, they start, well, it's a religion or it's this or that. Christianity is really good news. That's, that's what it is. That's what it's always been. It's a proclamation. It's, a, it's the understanding and letting the world know that something has happened in Christ that changes everything. That's good news. It's, it's good news that had an immediate impact on the world, and it's, it's news that um, is going to have a, a, has a, an impact at the end, as we've talked about, when Jesus comes back and new things start happening. And it's also impacted the things that are happening right now in our lives. That's Christianity. It's this proclamation of good news. Something has happened, and it's changed everything. And you need to be aware of it. And, and so all the, in ministry, we're always looking for opportunities to make that known in the way that we live. That's why it's so important that, that we continue to press in, that, that we continue to um, understand how much is going on and how much is at stake and, and that there's an actual battle taking place and that we're never to sort of sit back and relax. Well, now that I know Jesus, I'm good. I know, you know, I'm, I'm, we're good forever. I have eternal life. And so I can just kick back. And that's, that couldn't be further from what's supposed to happen. The idea is when we understand the good news and we respond to it and we get that Jesus has done something significant that not only has an immediate impact, ha- had an impact, is having an impact and will have a significant impact. Um, we get into that. And we go, God, now, in response to that, what is it that I can do? What, what is it that you would have me do? What have you created me to be? Because I, I, I have, there's more to life than just kind of waiting until his return. We're to get actively involved now. And in just the way that he demonstrated, the idea of, of one of the big ideas of ministry was being able to have opportunities to tell people about the kingdom and invite them in. And then in order to do that, you would see him. He was doing those things. He was out there feeding folks when that was happening. He was praying for them for healing and seeing that happen. And he was out doing all sorts of things that impacted them so they could hear and respond to the kingdom message. And that's still what we're all about. So we're good news people. That's that's what we need to know. We're that's what this whole thing is about. We never reduce it to something less than that. We're proclaimers of good news, and we're living out the good news and the way it impacts us and the world around us. 
So ministry springs from those things. And um, everyone in, in the church is called to minister. It's not just for a few select professional people. Um, everybody is called to ministry. And, and it changes and it's different for everybody. And, and so it looks different. But everybody is called to be in this process together. It's when we come together with uh, uh, all our gifts and everything working that we make a that we can make a significant impact in the world around us. Romans 12, 3 through 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us, if, if someone's gift is prophesying, let them use it in proportion to their faith. If it's serving, let them serve. If it's teaching, let them teach. If it's encouraging, let them encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let them give generously. If it's leadership, let them govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let them do it cheerfully. And so there's just a, and that's not a, a you know, an exhaustive description of, of ministry. It's, it's where God has... Um, blessed you and where God has given you gifting and talent and and those things he wants you to press in and use those things for the sake of the kingdom and in a in a group dynamic in a church um, we we function when everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing when everybody's willing to bring in where they serve and every part of it is important there's no more important things than other things it's it's not important to to, to preach than it is to, to greet well or to encourage or to clean or to pray or to any of those things. It's everything that matters. It's all of those things together that make a difference. And so, so there is no more than and less than. It's just everybody doing what God gives them to do. And, and then, you know, uh, it begins to make a difference. And when, when the church is, is gathered and, and people really start taking that on, then you can really have an impact in, in because everybody's kind of doing what they're called to do and you really start to see a change of what's taking place in the process. Um, John one twelve says, To get all to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And, and so that's what our ultimate aim and goal is. It's why we do the things that we do. We're, we're trying to help people come to know Jesus. We're, we're certainly, you know... Um, and once people know Jesus, we want to help them become mature disciples. And so all that's part of that as well. And there's ways to serve in there. Um, so, so all of this is part of that process. But, but underneath it all is this desire to make sure that people hear and have opportunities to respond to the good news. Because that's what this is really what it's all about. That's what defines us is, is that we're good news people. And we, this is good news. The, you, I hope you get that. Jesus is good news. What he's done is good news. That, that he went to the cross and died and defeated death and rose again. That's good news. And, and yet that he's coming back again is good news. And that there's more to it than, than what we've often thought. That's good news. And that when he comes back, he's going to restore everything. That's really good news. Now, some people don't see that as good news. But that's okay. It's good news. And it's good news for us. And we, wanted to, we want people to see that it's good news for the world because it really is. And so we, we sort of need to hang on to that. And then out of that comes the, the impetus and the motivation and in love to go and to serve and to bless others in the process. So that's really all I have to say about that. 
and uh, that's okay. That was that was enough. That's a big part of what that looks like. Um, next time we're together in Vineyard 401, we're going to talk about um, finding a home. When you when you connect all the dots and you go, yeah, these things are good. This is where I need to be, and then engaging and sort of integrating all these things in your life. But we'll look at that the next time we're together. I'm going to end.